Okay, a good nerve shops. Today's daf is daf chavches, page 28 in the Hilgim Masechus Babakama, and we pick up on the bottom of Chavzayin Amaveis 27b, four lines from the bottom. Mosiv Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana asked a challenging question. Okay. Um, now, let's remind ourselves of the topic. Fascinating and very practical topic, which is Am I allowed to take financial matters into my own hand if I know I'm right? Or do I always need to go through a court system? The most pressing factor to take into account when deciding is whether I'm currently taking a loss or not. If, it's, if I've already taken a loss and I'm not protecting myself from anything else, then logic would say you go through the courts, okay? But uh, that's also a discussion. It's also not like this. And uh, if, it's, uh, if I'm currently stopping the loss, then... Um, then uh, if I'm going to take loss, then uh, perhaps I don't need to go through, uh, go through the courts. Okay, here we go. Rav Yehuda was of the opinion you cannot take matters into your own hands unless you're preventing a loss. So here we go. Most of Rav Kahana said, challenging question. Ben Bagbag Ben Bagbag says, Ben Bagbag is a Tana. Either his name was the son of Bagbag, or the Mepharshim say that wasn't really any Tana's name, but it was a Tana. Forget they, they write his name. I forget now who it was. It's Bag Bag stands for Ben Ger Ben Giyiris. Came from a, a mother and father who converted to Judaism and still still became one of the leading Tanoim of the generation. You should not enter your friend's courtyard to get your thing back without permission. I see my item in your backyard. Don't go there, he says. Why not? Gavaldik. Shema Tira Love Kaganov. You could do it. It's rightfully yours, but we don't want you. A yid should not look like a Ganov. Don't do things that look bad. Ella, rather, what should he do? Shavarashinov. Shavarashinov, break his teeth. Yeah. The Yamalayan say to him, Shali Atanaita. Here's what you do. He says, Don't go into the backyard. You know how you go in there? Smash down the front door, baby. Because if you go through the fr- if you do it publicly and you make noise, everybody's like, hey, what's he doing? I'm going to get my stuff. Nobody's going to think you're a god. So he says, you have a right to get it, but don't do it in a way where it's going gonna, it's gonna to look shady. Amarlay. So, so what do you see from here? You should. You, you could always go and get your stuff back. Amarlay says to him, top of today's daf, Imach. Uh, uh, this is the opinion that you have. Ben Bagbag It's not a question on me because Ben Bagbag is his own opinion. The Rabbanon happened to argue, and um, uh, and they say you cannot go ahead and enforce the law. You you have to always go through the courts. Okay, Rabbi Yomar, second line of Dav Chavches. Rabbi Yana says, "My Shvarashina." What does it mean? Break his teeth? It means badim. Doesn't mean physically do it. Means you got to go to court. Break his teeth in court. Yachi, if so, the Amarla, he should say that they it should write that they said to him, If he's not taking matters into his own hands, going through Bezin, then Bezdin should say, he's taking his stuff. Because if you're going through Bezin, you're not saying I'm taking my stuff. Bezdin's taking it for you. Sigmar says, Kasha, yeah, it's a good question. But Rabbiana is still sticking with his uh Rabbiana is still sticking with his answer. Okay. Very good. Period. Toshima, come and listen. Five lines from the top of 28a, Dav Chavches for those just joining us. If one ox climbed on top of another ox and they're wrestling, he wants to kill it. Now the owner of the bottom ox comes along, and saves his ox. And the upper ox gets hurt by me pulling out my lower ox and dies. Putter. I'm not obligated. I pulled out my ox to save it. Your ox died. That ain't my problem. My love, collateral damage. Says the Gemara. My love, Bemur. Let's assume we're dealing with the top ox was a mud. The luck of Seda. And there's no Seda. There's no loss to uh, the owner of the ox because. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly, because there's um, there would not have been any sort of loss to the bottom ox. Why not? Because the upper ox would have paid for the whole thing anyway. 
You hear this? So this brisa, I'm saving my ox even though I would have been paid for it. Yeah. So the brisa seems to imply that a person is allowed to take matters into his own hand, even if it's going to cause damage to somebody else. So this is lo, there's no proof. Betam de ikopseda. Maybe with the where the uh, upper animal was a tam, and it would have caused me full damage instead of half damage if I would have left my ox there. Yachi, if so, he must save. Let's say the end. Dachvil al yav emes. If the um, instead of me pulling out my lower ox, and your ox gets hurt, let's say I just attack the, the upper ox instead of me saving my thing, I hurt the upper one. Then chayav the ibetam. If the <coughs> upper animal was a tam, am I chayav? Why is he obligated? He's saving himself money. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to protect yourself from loss, like we said before. Take matters into your own hand. It says, You know, the reason why you're responsible is because you could have saved the day by removing your ox. You didn't have to save the day by hurting that ox. And Mamela, that's why you are going to be chayav. Why? Because you decided to use a method of saving your animal that was unnecessary. You didn't have to hurt it in that way. Since it was, since you didn't have to hurt it in that way, we're going to make you responsible. Okay. Bottom line is, we don't have a proof about whether or not of it in Ashdina Dinavshei, a person's allowed to take matters into his own hand when there is no loss. Okay. Again, when there's a loss, everybody agrees I can take matters into my own hand. I'm allowed to save myself from loss. The question is, if I'm not saving myself from loss, can I take matters into my own hand? So here we go. Toshima, come and listen. Hamamalichatha Kade Yimikade Shemen Balachotza Mishabar Vyatsi Mishabar Vinayichnas. You place barrels of wine into my courtyard. Okay? I come along and I break them. You know why? My courtyard's meant to hang out in. It's not meant for you to store your stuff. So I need to make use of my courtyard. Your barrels are in my way. I get and tug. Have a wonderful day. I'm allowed to break all the barrels necessary to make use of my courtyard. What do you see from here? A person can take matters into their own hand. Doesn't seem like I need to go running off to Besden and tell Besden about it. No, doesn't mean that you physically break it. Maybe it means that you break it by going to Besden. Somebody, somebody, somebody's vats are squatting in your courtyard. You gotta go to Bezdin. But Meshaber Benichnas Lahabi Zhuyaisa. And what does it mean to bring it in? It means to bring your schusen. Okay, again, no proof that, that we have a right to take matters into our own hand because there's another way to understand it. Toshma, let's try to prove from another Brizer. Minayin Linirza Shakalula Yamav Virabai Mesarev Boy Yotseis Vachava Vaasa Bai Chabura Shahu Pater. Okay. How do we know in a case where you have a Eved an Eved um, Ivri, a Jewish servant who's there, who's a Nirza, he's there till Yova. We, we drilled a, a hole in his ear. So uh, he, he's called a Nirza. So when Yovel comes, that Nirza is out the door. So the master says, Get out of here. And the servant says, No, I'm staying here. I've been working for you for 49 years. Now, he could be, he could have been working for one month too before Yevil. But I've been working here my whole lifetime, 49 years, and now you want to go and send me away? The halacha is if the owner pushes him out the door and says, Your time is up, dude, get out there on your own. The halacha is the owner's putter if the guy gets hurt. I'm allowed to push you out of my house. We're doing my house. The rabbi of the says, the master wants it, but Chavav was aware and he hurts him. Two putter, he's putter. Talmud. But doesn't say that if the master has, if he, being as he's showing that he's, he wants to stay there, uh-huh. it doesn't say that the owner has to keep him there. Correct. Let's say the so his time's up. It's Yevil. He's supposed to leave. Yeah, but and the master says leave. He says no. The master starts pushing him out the door, right. and he hurts him. He breaks his leg. Right. So the master's putter. But what, is, but what about the fact that the, he wants to stay? Tough luck. It's Yevil. You're not my evidence anymore. Yevil doesn't mean that you, get, you, you have the option of, of exercising. Correct. Or not. Everybody has to be out. So that's a Yeah, it's a Kiddush. 
Now, if I, if I want to host him as a guest during the Yevil year, you're welcome to have him in as a Chnosos Orchem if you want. But he's not your Evel. It's automatic. The Abdus is over. Even if he wants it. Yeah. There's no such thing as Abdus. It's over. It's over. Okay? So, if I heard him on his way out the door, he's Potter. There's, there's people who, who go yeah, to for jail. Sure. Who go to jail. Who want to, who who want to stay there. Three meals a day. There. Absolutely. That's part of the reasons for Yevil, by the way. Because a person needs to learn in their lifetime, you have to do. You have to be independent. You're not in this world to be dependent. We don't want people being about them their whole life. Tamar Leimar like Sichu Kaifer Lashuf. He doesn't uh, collect atonement payment to go back, which means like Sichu Kaifer Lashuf. We don't take payment for somebody for a nirza that goes back. But over here, the fact that we allow the owner to push the guy out the door and not be chayv if you hurt him is a proof. I can take matter into my own hands. I don't need to go to court to schlep you out. I don't need to call the police. I can do it myself. No, maybe over there, it's a case where the servant who's now in Nerza is stealing stuff. So over there, everybody will agree you're allowed to get the guy out of there because whenever you're preventing a loss, you don't want him taking, walking off with your leichter. Yeah, so then you're for sure allowed to push him out. But how do you know you could push him out where there's no loss? That we don't have a proof to. Says the Gemara, very good. This guy's been with you for a yoyvel. Punk now, you got to push him out the door. What happened 49 years ago? Right. What happened 49 years ago? It's the guy who returns the, uh, the spoiled milk bottle to Costco when there's one ounce of milk left. Where's the rest if it was spoiled? <laughs> yeah? Where's the rest? What happened to the rest of the chocolate bar? Yeah? Says the Gemara. I'll tell you what happened. Until Yoivel, he's scared of his master. He can get a patch. But now, so there's a greater chance that he'll go steal. Maybe I'm dealing with an Evet whose master gives a Shivchanan. It's very interesting. Halacha. A Jewish servant, like any of us, Mamish, a full-fledged Yid, who gets sold as an Evid Ivri, his a Jewish servant, his master is allowed to have him mate with a non-Jewish Shivcha Kananis to have children, and those children will be owned by the master. So Rav Nachman explains, I'll tell you why the servant's refusing to leave now when before he didn't refuse to leave. The, the master gave him a wife, until now I was permitted to live with her Okay, so the guy wants to stay He says, listen, you gave me a, knife, a nice concubine uh, And uh, I want to stay with her But now luck is you're not allowed to be with her Now you're a Jewish man, she's a non-Jewish woman You're not allowed to be with her anymore Over there, the owner is allowed to push him out the door To stop the Avera Stop the Avera Okay Still, we have no proof as to What the halacha is can I take matters into my own hand if there's no current loss? Toshma, come and listen. Haminiach esakad versus Ram. Somebody puts a pitcher in the middle of a public domain. Somebody else trips on it, breaks it. Potter, the guy who broke it is not obligated to pay for the pitcher. Taima, diniskaba. The reason why he's not obligated to pay is because he tripped on it. Which means it was a mistake. You put a pitcher and I trip on it and break it. Then we say I don't need to pay. Which seems to imply, what if I did it on purpose? You put a pitcher above me and I come by and I'm just like, boom! Hashavra. Let's say I purposely break it. Chayef. It seems I would be obligated even though you have no right to put your pitcher into a public domain. You blocked my way. Still, we don't allow you to purposely break it. You see, you cannot take matters into your own hand. Says the Gemara, no, there's no proof to that either. Amr Avzid Meshved Rava. Avzid says the name of Rava, Hu Adin Afilu Shavra. You should know the halacha is whether you trip on it and break it or whether you purposely break it. Either way, you're off the hook. So why did I say trip on it? Behind the Tani Niskal, I did the Kavala Misi say, but since at the end of the Mishnah, we're going to give a case of Huzak Balachavas Chayv in this guy, that if the guy who tripped gets hurt, the owner of the pitcher is obligated, Dafka Niskal, that's only if he tripped. But if he broke the pitcher, then um, on purpose and gets hurt, 
then he's the one responsible. He caused his own damage. Katani Reisha Niskal, but in the Reisha, that's why we say tripping. But really, the halacha would apply either way. Bottom line, again, we have no proof that you cannot enforce matters on your own. Still looking for a proof. Again, let's remind ourselves, can a person take financial matters into their own hand when there's no current loss? Everybody's been in agreement. Let's reiterate. When there's a, there's a loss taking place, you of course could protect yourself without going to Bezdin. For sure. The question is, if it's already over, now what? Now what do you do? Okay. Tashma, come and listen. Yeah, this is a case we learned yesterday. You have two men fighting. A woman comes along to protect her husband and she grabs the other man in an embarrassing way. Um, it says, we, literally what it means is we chop off her hand. What does that mean? You know what it means? Mammon. She has to pay. She's trying to protect her husband who's in a fight. But since she embarrassed the guy by grabbing him in an embarrassing way, she has to pay for embarrassment. Every human pays for embarrassment when you damage somebody else, even though you're there to protect your husband. Isn't this when there was no other option? So you see, the fact that we're obligating her to pay for hurting him in an embarrassing way, you cannot take matters into your own hand. Says the Gemara, no. This is true when she, the reason why she's obligated is maybe because she didn't have to do it that way. She could have stopped the, stopped the fight in a different way. Says the Gemara, but if she wasn't able to do it in a different way, now what? You're going to tell me she's actually potter? Right? Why is she chayav for embarrassing the guy? Because she didn't have to embarrass him. Says Gemara, fine, fine, beseder, got it. But if let's say there was no other option, the only way to stop this other guy from hurting her husband was to embarrass him. It seems she'd be potter. But one second, if that's true, at the Tony Seifa, we learned at the end, Vishalcha Yada, she sends forth her hand, probably Shliach Bezdin, excludes the Shliach Bezdin. If let's say I'm a messenger of Bezdin and I embarrass you in a court appointed obligation, the court appointed me to give you the Malchus. And I give you Malchus and it causes you to, uh, it causes the person to relieve themselves while they're being hit, or whatever. So Shliach Bezdin is not Chayev. On, uh, on embarrassment. Lift like this with Dida. We could have made a, a difference in the very same case. You don't need to talk about Shliach Bezdin. We could say like this. When do we say a woman's obligated for embarrassing the guy? That's when she was able to protect her husband without embarrassing. You don't have to say, oh, this woman is potter. Uh, is chayev. This woman has to wait. But a Shliach Bezdin is potter. No, you should say, this woman is chayev when she had another option. And when she didn't, she's potter. You don't have to talk about a shliach bezdin. There's additional teaching, which means, when do we say a woman's chayev for embarrassing somebody when she's protecting her husband? When she could have protected her husband in a different way. If she had no other option and she has to protect her husband and you're beating up her husband and she has to embarrass the guy to protect her husband, she in that moment is acting as a shliach bezdin because she's obligated to stop damage, upatura, and she's going to be potter. Okay. Toshima, let's come and try to prove from this, Bryce. The damage of proof. Huh? The damage of proof. It ends up not being a proof because we tried saying that... The reason why it's not a direct proof is because the Brisa says when she's able to save him, when she's able to save her husband without embarrassing the guy, you're going to be chayef. If she's not able to save him that embarrassing, then, uh, then she's going to be potter. Now, that's all an assumption. The Brisa itself didn't say that. If you look at the words of the Brisa, it says uh, she has to pay mom. She's not, she embarrasses the guy, she has to pay mom. That's all it says. It doesn't say, so she has financial penalty. It doesn't say when. We have a dispute as to when. So since it's not direct in the Brisa, when, we have to figure out the when, there's no direct proof from the Brisa. Either way, because it could be understood uh, either, you know, uh, either in a way where she didn't have the ability to do it without embarrassing or she did have the ability. Toshma, come and listen. 
Fascinating case. Get ready for this. Fascinating case. I have a field. I have a field. And I'll tell you what's so fascinating about this. Mamish, I own a farm. Ten acres. Ten acres. Not that much. But I own a farm. Ten acres. There, I allow people to drive their cars down a path in the middle of my farm. Ready for this. That path, if I allow people to do it, and this becomes a normal passageway, this path is viewed as a Rishus Harabim. I have a deed on it, that's true. But I can no longer remove people's rights from passing through. Once I seed, is that the C-E-D-E? Once I give up my rights of personal usage of this area to the Rabbim, the Rabbim has a right to pass, pass through. It wouldn't be called trespassing. Okay? So listen to this case. There's a public path going through my field. And people have a right to go there. I, right? They've been doing this for a long time. Not law, which I, I want to mention. People need to be very careful of this. Because it's halacha lamaisa, practical halacha. If let's say you have a backyard that's convenient for people to pass through, and they've been doing that for a very long time, it's not so simple to stop letting to, to, to stop letting them pass through. So every once in a while, you need to like be mocked. Every once in a while, you need to tell people, "This is my yard." It's not. I'm, close the door for them. Yeah, this is chesed. Yeah, or you announce and show that you know people walking through my thing. You should know I'm not giving up my property. I'm just doing chesed. In, in, in Cleveland, yeah. One of the Janka's um, brother-in-law. Yeah. His house is like in the middle of a block. If he goes through there, right in the parking lot of the Shul, Beisyaka. Which is the whole block. Yavna. Right. Got it, yeah. So you're perfect. Mamish. He was such a nice guy. He opened it up. And he paved it with. He, pa- he paved his property for people to come with. Beautiful. And oh, I put a door in, in the. Beautiful. In, Beautiful. Rishul Sarab. And every. I mean, otherwise you have to walk. All around the block. Oh. Yeah. Big, okay. Big Gavaldi. It's a big. Uh, like, here, like you should buy the house just to do chesed. That's right. Like in Israel, <laughs> it's blocked. People have to walk. All right. Imagine if you can cut through over there. That'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should go by that house behind it just to get the schusim to help right. help Yidin cut through. Right. All right, there's a public uh, permission to pass through the guy's field. Do not love us and And he says like this: You know what? I, it's not that I'm going to take away your ability to pass through, but you just can't pass through over there. I'm going to move the path over. You can still walk through my land, but in a different spot. Okay. Mashanasan nasan. The new path people could walk on, and the original path you're still not allowed to take. So you know what you've done? You've just made the first path contagious, and now there's two paths. You've expanded people's rights to walk through your field. But if you're going to tell me that a person could take matters into his own hand, let him stand at the original path. Okay? And if anybody wants to walk through, no, so give him a clap so what, with a baseball bat. What, so what did he do? He huh? closed up. He closed the original path. He wants people to, to walk on the side, uh, you know, on the side. He has a path. There's an original path he let people walk on, and now it's becoming a headache for him. So he wants them to go on the right side of his house, not the left side of his house. So he tells, so he tells everybody, everybody move to the right. The left side is not available. Says the Brisa, they can now walk on the right and the left. You can't take away the original thing. Ask the Gemara. So Gemara says, don't you see from here, you cannot take matters into your own hand? Right. Because otherwise, it's up to you to, right. to decide where they go. No. The, this whole thing has to do with a decree. It's a gzera that we're concerned as follows. We've made a rule that if once the Rabbim has a right to go through your field, you can't take that away. See, if we, allow, if we start allowing owners to start shtick with moving around where the path is, 
you're basically removing the whole halacha. Because what's going to happen is, originally, for the past 30 years, people walking through my field on a five-foot-wide path, paved mamish, like this tzaddik. And I'm like, you know what? Go on the left side of my house. But the left side is muddy. Okay, you know, here's a few uh, cobblestones. Yeah. I'll put out a few things, yeah? And if you jump at just the right angle on the right thing and you don't trip, I gave you a path. What are you crutching about? Beggars can't be choosers. So Chum say, listen, once the Robin has the right to go through the field, you can't move the spot either. Otherwise, the owners are going to mach shtick. Um, um, and therefore, the owner can't stop people from doing it. But it's not a proof that loy of it in It could be in general. You could take matters. But over here, we don't allow it. Where he gave them a uh, yeah, where he, he gave them a worse path so over there. You have no right to take it back. Maybe if he, according to Rabbi Sharshia, yeah, but Rabbi Masharshia is interesting. Allah, Rabbi Masharshia says, if they always walked on the left side of my house, and I decide I want them to move to the right, and I give them a bakavadik a path that you're allowed to do. Ravashi Omar Ravashi says. Uh, anytime things get moved over to the side, it's considered uh, a crooked path. I'll tell you why. Because anytime you move it, it's more convenient for some and less convenient for others. There you go. Everything has a trade-off. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know why this is coming to my mind. I mean, I know why it's coming to my mind. Um, but uh, this has to do with airline miles. Airline miles, what, they, what airlines do, or all these mileage programs, when they want to devaluate the points, they send out an email telling you that due to popular demand, or we're here for our customers, and therefore they'll throw in one perk that nobody's ever going to use, and make it worse for, for uh, 100% of the people, claiming that it's beneficial to the, uh, to the 1%. Everything has a trade-off, everything has a trade-off. And the same thing would hold true. When uh, the same thing holds true when you move a path, it says If that's true, so I, I don't understand. It says he moved it over to the new path. Ask the Gemara if you can't move it to new path, why is that even valid? Just the old path is the old path. We said if you made a new path, they can walk now on both. Ask the Gemara why? Let them just keep the original path. Let him say Take back the original thing. And the, and the old path is uh, the old path is mine. Since we say you cannot take back your old path, okay. Um, since we say you cannot take back your old path, the um, the uh, we, since we say I'm sorry. Since we say yeah. Since we say you cannot take back your old path, we should be able to take back the new path. Why don't we allow him to do that? Says the Gemara, Mishum Rav Yehuda. Because of Rav Yehuda's statement, Dumb Rav Yehuda says, Meitzar, if you have um, a, uh, a Meitzar, a narrow area next to a property, boy Rabin, that the public uses, the, the public uses uh, that space. Also the Kalkalai, the owner is not, allowed to, uh, is not allowed to ruin that. He can't be Makalkalai. Okay. Um, what this is talking about is as follows. We'll call it a sidewalk. You have a, the, the, the road that the public walks on, and then my house is on the side of the road. Before paved streets, so once the middle road was trampled on and the way was made, there's very often like on the immediate sides of the road, it wasn't taken care of. And it could lead to animals tripping and things being broken. So people would go and they would kind of just like flatten it out just for the purpose of being nice and other people shouldn't get hurt. Okay? So, um, the owner cannot come and remove that smoothed out area that the rabbi made to keep things, uh, to keep things uh, safe. Make it easier for them. Yeah, yeah. So they, they prepare a path. The, um, the owner didn't uh, say anything at the time. So the assumption is that he's, a, he's agreeing to let it happen. Um, 
And the same thing, therefore, would be true with the side path. We asked, if you don't get back your middle path, why are you getting back your side, well, at least take back your side path? He says, you want to know, because your side path is the same thing as this other area on the side of Arusha Sarabim. Once you give it up to the public, you're not allowed to take it back. Toshma, come and listen. Fascinating case. I leave over the corner of my field on one side, and the poor people come and they take the stalks from the other side. Okay? So now here's the question. The part that I set aside as payah, I've already designated for tzedakah. And now they're taken from the other corner. So can I take back my original, my original thing? Zev is Both of them become payah. Let him take a stick and chase away the poor people from his payah. So you see, you cannot take matters into your own hands. It means they're both payah, meaning they're putter from miser. But it's not that the original part is not payah, that it has to go to the poor. No, it doesn't necessarily need to go to the poor. It's just that you set it aside as miser. Somebody makes his... his And you set it aside and they took the other... Yes. So now, as soon as I set it aside originally, it's not mine anymore. Right. When they go to the other corner, right. I fulfilled my payah. Right. What happens with the first part of the... Right. What happens with the yeah, first thing? Right. So I could take it back and be putter on my sir. I don't need a tithe from there. Why? Because there's a rule. I only need a tithe from things that grew in my field. If I got it from Hefker, I don't need a tithe, biblically. So the original corner, it's as if I made it, once they took from the other corner, the original corner now is not paya. So it's as if I, it was Hefker, because I, I left it for the poor. So when I, now I could take it back, but it's as if I took it from Hefker, and I don't need to tie that. It put it from Meiser. Because as if I got it from, once I made it available to Daniel. Oh, that's a good trick, though. Yeah, it's a good trick. It's a good trick. Once we go put the if if they go take it from over there, right? But it's uh, interesting because yeah. now I'm taking it back from Hefker. Now yeah. would it be Mechoyev? That doesn't sound like the right action. Nachon, it's loopholes. People can find loopholes, but uh, there's a right and a wrong. Kid Tanya, Mafker is karma. Listen to this. Mamish the loophole. Somebody makes his entire vineyard Hefker. The Hishkim Babaikir. He wakes up the next morning. Who butzar and he harvests it. Chayav beferet va'ilus shichu bepeya. You're obligated in all the halachas of peret, the falling grain, the, the clusters that are too small. And because the maisa, it's a loophole. You right now is it yours? Yes, you got to take care of these things. But it's as if you took it back from maisa, even though it originally grew in your in your uh, ownership. And uh, and there's no uh, there's no chiv. Okay, fine. Again, we don't have a, yeah, uh, a tricky, we don't have a final proof. That's sort of a tricky game. I mean, absolutely. No, I mean, does he have, how much notice does he have to give the, oh, some, the poor people? So Hefker is when you, you, you announce, in general, Hefker is when you tell it in front of three people. You have to tell it in front of three people to make it, uh, to make it Hefker. This, by the way, is something that people do practically. Um, I've done this with shul, with commercial um, machinery, commercial goods that sometimes is very difficult, if not impossible, to title. Okay? Difficult, not impossible, to title. So if you have a large machine that you can't get to a mikvah, or something you know will break by dipping it in the mikvah, there's a couple options that you have. One of the options, uh, some are better than the other, but just to give you an idea, one option is, is you give the ownership over to a non-Jew. A non-Jew doesn't have to title it. So you say, like in our shul, we have a Courtney, right? We have a custodian who helps out in the shul. So I'll tell him, hey, you know, it's yours. This is yours. Please leave it in the building, though. Okay? He chaps he basically what I'm saying. He knows I need to do it for halacha, but he, he's not touching it. Right? So if you have a, a big piece of equipment, a big piece of machinery, that's one thing to do. Another thing to do, if you don't want to risk it with somebody, is you make the whole thing ownerless. Okay. You make the whole machine ownerless. You only need to type of things that are owned. Ownerless. ownerless. You make it hefker in front of three yid. So you walk over to three yid and you say, you see this piece of machinery? It's hefker. 
You don't need to table things that are ownerless. So um, that's a, that's another thing to make after. Now, just before we go weiter in the next Mishnah, I just want to share something. It's it, I think the Gemara here is teaching a sense, a very important sensitivity, and I'm curious to know if anybody if anybody else has these feelings. Okay. There's times where I can't follow through, but there's something about this Gemara that Mamish speaks to me. The Gemara said as follows. If I leave one corner of my field paya and the, they go and take from another corner, the halacha is both of them are still paya. They're both still paya. Okay. I find this, I find this with my tzedakahs. I have... Uh, regular checking account And then I have a tzedakah account Separate account This way I know for sure That Meister is being separated It goes straight into a different bank account And there's times Where like uh, I'll have a Meister credit card Stuck a credit card Or you'll have a regular credit card So there's times Where somebody's having a campaign or face whatever it is, I don't have I don't have uh, my tzedakah credit card with me, or there's not enough money, and I wa- in the tzedakah account, and I want to you know and whatever it is, and I use the card, I find, and I'm not good, I'm, I'm not committing myself to anything. I find I have a very hard time making bringing myself to take money, take it back. You know what I'm talking about? I know. If I, I have a very hard time taking it back from tzedakah, I'm like, you know what? Just do both, like. They're both gonna like, but like, I wonder where the sense. I wonder where the feeling comes from. But the Gemara's mom is saying this over here in this Bryson. Says you put your mice, your tzedakah here. Now you're giving tzedakah somewhere else. It's like ah, just leave them both. They're both paying. They both uh, leave them both. Where does it come from? What's the shot? Why do we have a hard time taking it out of the tzedakah account? Basically, people are, are good. Basically, people are good people. So you wanted. Is, so if you get more, you get more. And as long as you get, you get afforded. And you, okay. You know, so Maybe that's where it's coming from. I always. I, you're basically it. Because people say, you can good. Yeah, okay. Good. I'm glad somebody else feels like this too. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take back from there. No, I just, the other day, I mean, this doesn't happen normally. But just the other day, Someone asked for a It wouldn't hurt too much. Another needy situation that's really yeah. good. So the next day, I gave him another check for it. Nice. Yeah. Once it's in your head. Once in your head to give, you give. Yeah. Very good. Very good. The people, you know, as long as you feel that you can afford it. And you, right. You, you can, Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, normally, you're, 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 in other words, you're looking, you're looking at the Criteria of at least miser. That's true. Okay, here he goes. Look, the Somebody's pitcher breaks in the public domain. Somebody else slips on the water that came out of the pitcher. Or one of the pieces that of glass that were broken on the floor cut him. Chayev, one of the pitchers. Chayev. Why'd you leave your glass in the public domain? Review to says, If the owner of the pitcher had kavana. I don't know what that means, but he had intention. Then he's chayiv. Sheinim is kavin, putter. If he had no kavana, then he's going to be putter. Okay. If you could understand this, shkoyach. Well, the rest of us who can't will learn the gemara. Here we go. Says the gemara. This that we say somebody steps on the pitcher and the water falls out and the pitcher breaks. Somebody else goes ahead and slips on it. His clothing got dirtied by the water. Top of a base. Abelhu atzmoy. What if he himself gets hurt? Putter. The owner of the pitcher is not obligated to pay for your cut or your trip to the urgent care. Why? Karka oilam is Because it's considered karka oilam. It's hefker ground that caused, <coughs> that caused him to damage. Okay. Listen to this. 
Listen to why. I slipped on the water. What damaged me? Not the water. The water caused me to start falling, but my damage came from public earth. The water made the trip, but the earth made the clap. And therefore, karka'olam is because. You hear this? The actual damage is what brought the injury. The water caused the injury. So the order of the water is called a grumma. You indirectly cause damage. He said, let's see for a minute. We learned the halachas of You got hurt with a stone, a knife, or a, or a package. That's left in a public domain. If it damages somebody, you're obligated the same way when you dig a pit. And I say, in all these cases, only an ox is going to be chayev, not, not on a, if a person gets hurt. Only a donkey will be obligated, not if a vessel gets broken. That's only when it comes to complete breakage or death. When it comes to falling, when it comes to damaging, we'll say that a person is, uh, it's chayev if you damage a person. And therefore, why are you telling me that over here, the owner of the water is going to be uh, putter on the body and chayev on the clothing over here? We see you should be chayev even on the body. The Rav, Rav will say back, that's only true if the uh, pitcher was hefker. If the pitcher was never hefker, then it's considered his, uh, it's considered his property and you're going to be obligated to pay for anything that, uh, that got damaged. Masav Rabbi Shirvei, that's a challenging question. V'nafal shama shayachamar. An ox or donkey falls into a pit. Shavlai adam, only an ox that falls into a pit, you're obligated. If a person falls in, you're not. Chamar, if a donkey gets hurt by the pit, you're chayav. V'lai kelim, not by vessels. Mikanam, from here we learn. Nafal l'seichai, shareh v'kelav v'nishtabru. If an ox falls into a pit, and vessels fall into a pit, chamar v'kelav v'nishkaru. And you have a donkey that falls in with its vessels. Chayav ala behem v'patr ala kelim. So listen to this. And I dig a pit, and your ox carrying... Uh, carrying a bundle falls into my pit. I dig a pit. You have an axe carrying a bundle that falls in. What do I need to pay for? The axe. But I don't need to pay for the vessels. Because we have a drasha excluding Caleb. We have a plus excluding Adam. We have a plus excluding Caleb. We don't exclude axe. So it's interesting. You could have an a, a animal that falls in with vessels. You be chayav on the animal and put it on the vessels. What's the similar to lavnis kinu masai? She hinichem b'shusarabim veheziku. It's like all these things that were placed to a public domain and caused and caused damage. This is more adaraba. It's the opposite. Madaymelize, It should have said what is similar to this. Ella my daymelize. What is similar to this? When a person puts a stone, a knife, or a package into a public domain and it caused damage, the same then it takes on the laws of bar and whatever the owner of a pit will be obligated to pay, so too the owner of these objects will be obligated to pay. And therefore, if somebody uh, broke his his uh, uh, as a canteen, like a leather canteen, on a, on the piece of stone, Chayev, the owner the owner of the stone who placed this uh, damaging thing there is going to be obligated. Reisha Kashel Rav, the big obligated to, to what? To pay for the canteen. He is. Yeah. So then that's a count. Huh? That's the opposite of the previous. Uh, no. Oh, why? Well, because you're said, you're. We said the Kalim. Very good. Very good. Reveals pointing out if this. Um. If this uh, stone is called a bar, is, if it's going to be called pit damage, right. why are we going to be obligated on Kate? Right. Hold it. Very good. The Gemara is going to have to clarify this. It says the Gemara, Reisha, the first part is a Kashla Rav. It's a question on Rav. Because it says it's a, it's a pit. The Seifa Kashla Shmuel. There's Yel's Kasha. Yeah? The Seifa, which says you're obligated to pay for the stone that, that cut the canteen, you're Chayev. One second. It can't be a pit then. Because pits are potter on right. So that means you're going to be You're going to consider Then a stone in a public domain To be like Karet right. Not a bar Beautiful Says the Gemara Okay But before we answer you 
We could ask the same question on you. Reisha potter v'seifa chayev. In general, we have a whole question. Why in the Reisha are you potter in the seifa? You're going to be chayev. Ella, rab matar tzatamei, ushmo matar tzatamei. Now let's get into the answers. Here we go. How are we going to answer the question? Yeah. So here we go. Rab matar tzatamei. Rab's going to be consistent with his own reasoning. He's going to explain our brisa like this. When are you obligated? And when are you potter? And when are you obligated on Abnaskinu Masai? Kishef Kiron, if the owner made these things Hefker. Avalay of Kiron, if he never made them Hefker, Chayev. Where do we say you're potter on these things in a public domain? If you made a Hefker, if you own it, Chayev. In such a case, if the stone makes a cut in the canteen, you're going to be Chayev. You know why? Because the stone was never made hefker. According to his reasoning, and since it was never made hefker, it's considered like your ox damaged. Now that we establish it's a pit, Rabbi Huda says you're obligated on vessels in a pit. So how would this answer your question, Neil? He says like this, the only way to answer it is by following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who says you do have to pay for vessels in a pit. So according to Shmuel, he'll say, I, we ask, you don't need to pay for vessels to fit. That's Shittas Rabbanan. Rabbi Huda, the individual opinion, does argue. So maybe you're right, that halacha would have to be following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Amr says, Where do we say when the stone laying in the public domain cuts the canteen, you're obligated to pay? That's where a guy tripped on the stone and then the canteen got cut by a stone. But let's say he tripped on his own. He tripped on the ground. And after tripping, his canteen got cut by the stone. Putter. The owner of the stone is, is a putter. Because the falling didn't... Because the did, falling right. was a no one's fault. Right. The falling had nothing to do with the stone. His own fault. And now that you fell, my the after the fact that my stone was there doesn't obligate me. Okay, Kiman Nasan. Who's this following? It's not following the opinion of Rabbi Nasan. Rabbi Nasan says that you could collect damages no matter what. It doesn't make a difference what caused the original tripping. Because the you know he says it doesn't matter. Where I, we obviously hold it does matter. We say it does matter how the. Uh, how the tripping started. This is going to be a, a surgery later on in Mitzvah Shem, which we'll get to. Yikid Amri, there are those who learn it um, uh, a little differently. Amar Belazer, Laitema, Beniskal, Bevan, Nisha, Fevan, Hud, Machayev. We're not only dealing with the case where he tripped on the stone and he got cut by the stone, where he, that, there you're obligated, Avol, Niskal, Bakar, Venisha, Evan, Potter, Allah, Filu, Niskal, Bakar, Venisha, Evan, Chayev. You should know, even if he tripped on the ground and then he got cut on the stone, you're going to be Chayev. Come on, that's going to be following the opinion of Rebbe Nassim. Either we are following Rebbe Nassim or we are not. Following Rebbe Nassim. Let's just get a little bit of a head start into the next sugya, and then we're going to pick up from here uh, tomorrow. Rebbe says, um, If I trip on a pitcher in a public domain, and the pitcher, the owner of the pitcher had das, it was on purpose. Chayev. Now, what was on purpose? He put it there. I don't know. Well, he, he knew that I would put him in such a way that it would, he knew I would trip over Maybe. But the mission just says, if. The owner of the pitcher had kavana. There was a pitcher in the public domain. If the owner of the pitcher had kavana, he's chayv. So we're assuming it means he intentionally put it there. Let's see. Hechi dami miskavin. Where did he have intention? Amaraba b'miskavin lahirida lamata b'kseifai. Okay. What happened was where um, the owner of the pitcher was carrying the pitcher. Um, and it fell off his shoulder, and now it's on the floor, and somebody trips on it. So the whole thing was an accident. That's Shalai bin Miskavi. If you had intention to take it off your shoulder, that will be called them. That will be called intention. Amar le Abaye, Mechlau de Mechayv Rameir, Right. We're saying that's Miskavi. Right. When because he was he intended to lower it, but he wasn't. He didn't, he didn't intend for it to cause damage, but he had intention to lower it. But he didn't know that uh, that would it would be in such a spot that would cause damage to the... Right, uh, right. So how much knowledge did you need to have? So he said, enough knowledge that you were taking it off. And then it ended up falling. It's a chiddush, taka chiddush. Yeah? Right? 
Um, now he's going to say it like this. Rashi explains, if you are taking it off your shoulder to lower it, and then you trip, and it falls down, so there's an element of negligence to that. Maybe you should have stopped while you're taking it off, right? You're being a little too haphazard, as they say. Um, if, if Rabbi Yehuda says you're going to be chayiv, so Rabbi Meir, who, um, who's more strict, would hold your chayiv even when you weren't taking it off your shoulder? That seems to be a complete accident. Why would you be chayiv? Amalei says to him, in, yeah, Rav Meir would obligate the owner of the pitcher even if the whole thing by mistake breaks and all he's left is holding the handle. And the rest of the thing falls off. Yeah, it's your pitcher. It damaged. Why, why would he be have to pay? Honestly, the whole thing's an accident. It ain't doing it. The terror doesn't, the uh, potter's up. And to the Nara, she didn't do anything. Okay, now this is referring to a woman who gets married and it turns out she's not a basula, she doesn't have signs of virginity, and it's because somebody violated her. So, she didn't do anything, as long as she could do, you're off the hook. So, you see, when the whole thing's a mistake, why in the world would her mayor obligate you? Vechitim, and if you're going to say, that's only when it comes to saving her from Misa. When it comes to causing payment for damage, if let's say the pitcher broke and he didn't take, he didn't pick it up, you should have picked it up once it falls. Your camel falls down, you don't help your camel stand up. Rameir says if your thing now goes and damages, you're obligated. If it damages something, you're called a grum. So again, Rav Meir says Chayiv, and the Chum say Potter. Umay the Chum, the Rav Meir, the Chum agree with Rav Meir. Bab Neskinu Masayish Nichabresh Gaga. If you left your stone knife or package on top of a roof, and awful Bruch Matzuyev Azika, and the wind blows it off and it damages something on its way down, Shul Chayiv, that you're obligated. They they agree to that case because you're being negligent. Umay the Rav Meir, the Rabban, the Rav Meir will agree with the Rabban to be lenient. But Malikan Alagagam and Asli Ganvan, if somebody brought his jugs on the roof because he wanted to be menagev, that he wanted to dry things out. And then a random, you know, abnormal wind came and damaged you. You're going to be uh, Potter. So this, you see clearly that Rav Meir does not hold your Chayov if you were holding the pitcher and the thing just fell apart on you. Rav Yehuda says, and this is what's bothering you, I'm lowering my pitcher and I trip. And now it damages, I'm Chayov. Rav Meir is even more strict. Rebeir says, even if you weren't lowering your pitcher, punked it disintegrated. Ask the Gemara, no way. Nobody's going to say you're Chayev in such a case. That cannot be the case. That's clearly an Ones. Okay. Let's hold it here. <laughs> Let's hold it here. We'll pick up on the two dots tomorrow, Mr. Shem. All right. Zagabench, the Gitanachim.